0: Welcome to Unworldly Everything. You have now opened the door to higher worlds and unanswered questions. On the show, we seek the fringes of our mental limits and deep dive into all things superhuman, supernatural, and paranormal. We are your hosts, psychic medium Bonnie McCliss, and my psychic daughter Julia Gerber. Join us as we move through a journey of awakening this strange, mystical, spiritual revolution. I think the most important topic for humanity to come to terms with now is what you see is not always what you get. There are worlds upon worlds hidden to the naked eye. Within these mysterious universal layers reside interdimensional beings vibrating at different frequencies as they focus their intentions on individual and collective enlightenment. These are very real sentient life forms that guide each one of us, or at least try to. They are thought to be an intermediary between God and humankind. Although there is no way to prove this phenomenon, I have to tell you, I have seen people's spirit guides manifest and take form when they are at the height of their intention to make contact. It is rare, but occasionally when I'm doing a reading, one of these beings will actually solidify taking the shape of a human form or animal to ensure their messages are noticed and emphasized. They mean business, and the message is vitally important to the timeline you are experiencing. These clear manifestations of these spiritual beings are rare, We're actually more often than not left to a much more unique and subtle form of communication. These interdimensional beings speak an intricate and poetic language full of metaphors and symbols. I think the number one frustration that people encounter is that they expect to see and hear their spirit guides with their physical eyes or hear clear sentences in their mind. I wish it was that easy, but we are communicating beyond space and time structures of the third dimension. In this episode, we are going to begin our deep dive into understanding these mysterious encounters with higher planes and interdimensional beings. I will cover the do's and don'ts of contact, and even take you on a short guided meditation to make an initial connection with your guide. But first, I would like to say that contact with your guides, in my opinion, is a very real exchange. One should not attempt these techniques if you are struggling with deep grief or depression. If you are in a deeply painful place in your life, my heart absolutely goes out to you. It is best to stick with the techniques I describe around helping yourself ground and practice raising your personal vibration and field of energy before you move into actual contact. Conversations with higher worlds require what we call an enmeshment, or an imprinting. This is a mingling of energy fields similar to the precision of a mathematical expression or musical equation that enable us to interact with our true sight, hearing, and feeling of these astral messages. If your vibration is too low, you may struggle to hit this mark and fail to experience this exchange. I feel like some of us learn how to do something by first hearing what is best not to do. I can definitely testify to this. Most of my psychic education was born from stumbling into cosmic potholes. So here it is, the top five, I wouldn't do that if I were you, when it comes to setting up communication with your personal guides. Number one, talking to your guides all day, every day is wonderful. But seeing and hearing their return messages and insights can be a whole different ballgame. Don't spend your time guessing what you think their messages might be. By guessing you are tapping into the thinking mind and the thinking mind cannot further you into the portals of higher worlds. It has intellectual limits and processing capabilities. It will shut you down before you even begin or distort the true message. Try not to have expectations or grasp at the answers. This also can distort the information. Once you are set up properly for guide communication, the messages will flow to you and through you naturally with no struggle and most of all, no thinking. I once saw an amazing interview on Dr. Oz with Teresa Caputo. They set her up with all of the brain electrodes with a bunch of scientists um, and they did a brain scan on her. As Teresa Caputo was talking to Dr. Oz, her brain scan lit up normal, like anybody else's brain. As this professional and amazing medium moved into the audience to speak with interdimensional beings and spirits, the brain scan showed that her brain was completely inactive and dead or close to it. So it's pretty amazing when you think altered states are just not using any part of the brain. Number two, don't try and hear your guides when you are desperate or in a state of strong fear. Fear will almost always overcast and cloud your subtle energy receivers, giving you a false read. I know there is such a pull to seek this divine contact when you are in the throes of depression. But it is best to breathe, balance, and just simply calm down before you seek context and answers from your spirit guides. Again, speak to them all you like, but trying to hear in that state of mind would most likely bring you a response that is contrary to your current situation anyway, and your brain will have a heyday distorting the wisdom through your adrenal-riddled body. It can absolutely bring you dangerously close to a crisis in faith if you believe fear-based messages to be from a higher interdimensional assistance. Three, don't communicate with anything that isn't from the light. How do you know if a guide is from the light or not? Well, you ask and state your intentions. A sentence such as this can work beautifully. My intention is to only communicate with the highest beings of light and divine consciousness. Help me to connect with energy that holds a connection and guardianship over my own light and soul records. Choosing to just plop yourself down and open yourself up to whatever feels like talking is an absolute hard no. Your light and your soul deserve your conscious direction to attain higher wisdom and healing. Be your own protector and drive your mind, body, and spirit to commune with the light of God and messages directly from the source. 4. Don't expect past loved ones to be your spirit guides. It is very true that our loved ones watch over us and guide us, but they are often not the highest resource that we have. They may have only known you in this single incarnation. Your guides have known your soul, all you have ever been, all you are, and all you will ever be. Definitely call on the support of your loved ones. But keep climbing to the top of your spiritual mountain for pure and undiluted information. Five, don't give up. Don't fall into the temptation trap of one and done. This business of communicating with your interdimensional beings takes practice. You wouldn't take one lesson in Spanish and say, well, I don't understand the whole language yet, so I might as well quit. These messengers are using your mind, body, and soul like an instrument in ways that you have long since forgotten. This isn't designed to be entertainment. This contact work is a serious practice in spiritual evolution and entry to esoteric wisdom. It takes time to allow this level of surrender and presence under pressure. Each time you give up on the process, it can put you further behind the curve of connection with these beings. Over the course of my life, my guides have changed form and evolved their messages as I was able to expand and understand their timeless wisdom. Even though I have been psychic my entire life, I still had to work and learn this esoteric heavenly language. I honestly don't know how we would survive life on this planet without their love and their support. Before we go into how we talk to our guides, let us take a look at experiences of guide communication from some prominent people. Angels, saints, and ancestors are the most commonly accepted as spirit guides. They are reported throughout biblical times and history directing men, women, and children to fulfill their destiny.
1: The idea of spirit guides goes back much further than the part it plays in modern-day Western spiritualism. Cultures across the globe, including traditional Asian and African beliefs that predated the spread of Christianity, They believed that their deceased ancestors went on to become more than human in their afterlife and guided their families eternally and even acted as mediators or messengers from another higher and mightier power. However, it is not that these cultures necessarily worshiped their ancestors, but rather held the idea of them in reverence and would ask for advice, guidance, and goodwill to be bestowed upon the living. In the Western Theosophy though, spirit guides take on a slightly different meaning. First off, it is believed that these guides are not always of human descent, but as energy in the cosmic realm or as light beings. And when this is the case, they are considered to be very high level spirit guides. Other times though, spirit guides are people who have lived many former lifetimes, paid their karmic debts, and advanced beyond the need to reincarnate. Swiss psychologist Carl Jung was a leader of his time in the research of visualization and the unconscious. He was a colleague of Sigmund Freud and was also fascinated by the teachings of Tibetan Buddhism. And those influences helped him lead to believing in a so-called collective unconscious, shared by all people. In the year 1944, Jung had a very near-death experience from a heart attack but when he awoke, he claimed to have had many vivid visions. Jung said that he saw himself hundreds of miles above the earth, looking down at a big blue and beautiful planet as he spotted a huge black temple. He then appeared at its entrance, and before him was a Hindu man sitting cross-legged in meditation. As he approached the temple, he described feeling as though all of the artificial and unnecessary parts of his personality were being stripped away and Jung knew that inside the temple, the mystery of his existence and life's purpose would be revealed. Before he stepped through the entrance, though, he says he was stopped by the Greek god of medicine, Asclepius, who told him that he had no right to leave Earth and that he must return. And right then, he woke up, finding himself in the hospital. Akiane Kremerich is an American poet and painter that began drawing at the age of four. During her childhood, she later proclaimed to have seen the face of Jesus Christ in visions, and is best known for her painting, Prince of Peace, a stunning likeness of Jesus that is impressive alone, much less to have been created by an eight-year-old at the time. Kremerich is a self-taught painter and says that Jesus spoke to her when she was four years old, telling her to draw and paint her visions
2: three and a half, four years old, I started seeing these things, seeing these visions and seeing these dreams of different worlds and, and different um, dimensions. But at the same time, we had no television, uh, barely any books, no newspapers, no radio, nothing. So when I actually explained some of these visions to my mom, it was such a surprise to her. And she she's like, where did you get this information from? That convinced her that there's something that's going on in my mind. So, and then to prove to her that I was seeing these stuff, I started drawing them.
0: Now, I, I would take it that there, you've, you've probably had criticism of your work,
2: oh, and yes. you've
0: also had people question about the visions and all of these types of things. How oh, do you yeah. handle that? I ignore them. Go <laughs> on. But is it know. irritating? Does it annoy you?
2: Um, you know. I, In the beginning, it was very, very heartbreaking, I have to tell you, it was just when people tell me, oh, uh, you paint shadows, you paint black, uh, it's devil's work, burn all your paintings and poetry, you're uh, Satan's child, or something like that.
1: That's pretty extreme. (laughs) Being an
2: eight-year-old, of course, you take it to heart.
1: At the age of 10, she appeared on the Oprah Winfrey Show, and at the age of 12, she appeared on CNN. To this day, she has completed over 200 artworks and 800 literary works, and has also published two best-selling books. In an interview with KCTS9, she described her spiritual beliefs as thus.
0: You know, How was that planned in your life?
2: I have to tell you, we went through almost everything. We went through uh, being Christian, to being a Catholic. We, we just studied uh, Buddhism. We just At this particular point, I think um, I have my own parents have theirs, and my brothers have theirs. and." I cannot say what they believe in or what what path they're choosing, but I could say that for me, um, I'm the same person which I w- when I was four years old. I haven't changed, and since uh, nobody taught me who God was, um, I found God myself, and it's just He's been there for me through the years, and so I don't belong to any dom- domina- um any denomination, religion, denomination, yeah. exactly, or religion. I just belong
0: to God. I'm spiritual.
2: I'm spiritual. The whole family is spiritual. I like, I like, like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Whether you believe these amazing people had encounters with higher beings that helped them meet their souls' destiny, or if it's just their deep subconscious dialogue, one thing is for sure. Tapping in or beyond provides us an expanded view of what path our soul is destined to take. Okay, let's talk about some steps to take to get you in touch with your very own spirit guide. Here are five key points when setting up a personal communication session. Number one, begin with setting up your environment. A quiet space with little to no light if you can manage it. My meditation spot is literally in my closet. A small altar can help set the right mood. Find things that represent your core being. Anything that brings you a swell of positive emotions inside of you every time you see it. Like pictures of loved ones, jewelry that's been passed down or crystals that help you stimulate and raise your personal frequency. Once you are settled, take a few minutes to breathe deeply and clear your mind to the best of your ability. Think of calming images like a crystal clear lake or a 100-year-old oak tree in the middle of a green field. Hold this in your mind for about 30 seconds As you are conjuring a stilling image, begin stating your intentions clearly inside of your mind. You can use the sentence I gave you earlier, or come up with one more personalized. After you have said your intentions, feel your tailbone growing heavier and heavier, and all of the muscles in your body relaxing and melting away your stress and tension into the earth beneath you. Feel as if your energy could travel down to the center of the earth. Imagine in your mind a glowing golden light as bright as the sun in the center of the earth. Number 2. Raising your personal vibration or frequency is key to reaching these higher planes. Your guides reside at a much higher energetic sequencing than we do. Begin by simply thinking up. Imagine as if a thin cord attached to the crown of your head is gently pulling you up. Use your willpower to almost feel like you are pushing your soul higher and higher. Lastly, imagine in your mind a vehicle to take you upbound. I like to use a thermometer image. I see the light rising like mercury. As I am lifting up, I count slowly from 1 to 10. You can use anything. An elevator, a beanstalk, a cloud. Slowly see this image rising as you count yourself to higher ground. If you can't see an image yet, don't worry. Everything flows and follows your intention. It is still working. Sight is just a bonus. Number three, hang in there. I know this seems like a lot of work. We are building your foundation, so when you do meet your guides, you can just relax and enjoy yourself will have already done all of the heavy lifting. Now keeping your eyes closed in this high vibrational state, begin listening to the sound of silence and turn the volume up like a knob on a stereo. Turn up the sound of silence louder and louder until you can almost feel a slight hum in your body. This is charging the anti space or dark matter around you, allowing for electricity to transfer information to your energy field. Keep breathing and hold this charged state for approximately a minute. Number four, you are now ready to open yourself to visual and audible communication. First, Think or see in your mind a perfect meeting place for you and your guide. Try not to try too hard. Just gently think of a peaceful environment similar to the one we looked at earlier. You can meet on the sand in front of the ocean's gentle waves, or maybe deep in the magical hills of Ireland. Whatever you choose will be divinely inspired. Your guides are already nudging your decisions, trust them and trust yourself. Breathing deeply, hold this place in your mind for about 30 seconds. Stay as focused as you can and clearly ask to see or hear your guide. Ask them to manifest be patient they will come you may at first see just waves of light or color or get a flash of a face or a symbol or even an animal i promise anything is possible here you are not doing it wrong no matter what you experience number five ask a question I suggest you only ask one question per contact session. One question can come with an encyclopedia of images, words, and feelings. Your only job here is to absolutely trust the fragments of information that you receive. Maybe even say it out loud, for example, thank you, I saw an image of an apple. Or I saw an image of a bear. I cannot say it enough. The key to a successful relationship with your guide is to trust yourself and to trust them. Don't be shy to affirm what is happening in your head. They are there to guide you. They know you better than anyone. So of course they will give you images and words that are familiar to you in the beginning. It becomes so exciting that moment you know without a shadow of a doubt that you are not responsible for the wisdom that is entering your mind. Try to stay calm and not become frustrated if the information doesn't make sense. Remember, these interdimensional beings speak a universal language not linear earthwards. Try to hold this communication for at least a few minutes. When you feel that you've received enough for one session, simply open your eyes and notice how the earth and space around you feels as if it has been forever changed. Key piece of information I can offer when connecting to spirit guides is that you must be in the present moment to make this connection. You need to try to be as still as you can. They cannot reach you in the midst of your past or future, because now is all we ever really have. We cannot relive our past in the present, nor can we embody a future that doesn't exist yet. We are right where we stand, for better or for worse. The knowing comes to us when we have found enough grace in our spirit to hold the door open for intuitive answers to enter our mind. These divine directors wait patiently each day to meet with you in the present and offer you the guidance that you've been asking for.
1: Our world around us can be difficult to navigate and understand at the best of times. Perhaps all we need is a little nudge or a little guidance. In Albus Dumbledore's wise words, help will always be given to those who ask for it.
0: Thank you for listening to Unworldly Everything.